Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Theater here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And on Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. You may own your favorite movies digitally or on physical media. However, and whenever they air on TV, your cable, your streamer, you love what you're watching so much, you just can't get off the couch. And that's what the definition of the show is all about. I'm Kevin. I'll be your host for this Couch Potato Theater. We are proud to celebrate Elf. Oh, my God. So excited. It's celebrating its 20th, 20th anniversary. 2003, it came out. And we're really excited. It's, it's hard to believe it's been two decades since uh, we've, you know, it's passed since uh, Buddy the Elf first graced our screens with his childlike wonder and infectious holiday spirit. Released in 2003, Elf has become the beloved classic that continues to bring joy and laughter to audiences of all ages. As we celebrate the 20th anniversary, let's take a nostalgic trip back to the North Pole and explore this enduring charm of this heartwarming Christmas tale, Elf. I'd like to introduce my guests for this special Couch Potato Theater. With me, as always, is co-founder of the Fandom Podcast Network, my buddy, haha, and yours, Mr. Kyle Wagner, what's up, dude? You better not how you better not cry. You better not cry. I am telling you why. The Fandom Podcast Network Christmas party is here because not <laughs> only is this Couch Potato Theater, this is the Fandom Podcast Network Christmas party. We got people from all of our shows here. We're hoping that you in the chat join us. Give us your Merry Christmases, your thoughts on Elf, your thoughts on some of your favorite other Christmas movies throughout time in the in the holiday seasons but we're here to have some fun talk a little santa have some coffee with um special syrup in it maybe um <laughs> some spaghetti and syrup and you never know some sugar plums lots of sugar lots of sugar lots of sugar but it's going to be a blast kevin and we got a full course of elves here to help us talk about elf yes we do let's start with of course one of our coast uh Co-stars, I was going to say, but yeah, co-stars definitely, and co-host of Time Warp with us as always, Queen of Movie Foo, Miss Lacey Adderhall. Welcome Hello. to Elf. Hello, Santa. Santa! <laughs> Hello. Welcome. It's good to have you. I'm glad you're here. But we got more. We got more. We got some fun co-hosts from over our other show over uh, here in the Fandom Podcast Network. And uh, we've got Union Federation co-host shenanigans going on right now, starting with Amy. What's up, Amy? Hello, everyone. Nice to be here on Couch Potato Theater. Welcome. And also, also, we got to bring in Haley. What's up, Haley? Uh, I like syrup on my syrup. Yes. <laughs> but only if it's um, true syrup and it's got to be from Vermont. None of that really super thick stuff. It's gross. Um. I just, I just got to say to Haley, as much as I love your headdress, this might be the first podcast ever on the Phantom Podcast Network. We have to put a seizure warning. In. <laughs> I can, let's see. I can turn him solid. There. there you, that's awesome. <laughs> but our, uh, our elf crew is not done yet. We have to bring in someone from uh, long ago, far, far away in another galaxy, our co-host, of what a piece of junk Star Wars podcast on the Phantom Podcast Network. Derek Marsh, what's up, buddy? Ho, 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 green giant. Oh, wait, all right. So, sorry, it's the wrong guy that's wearing green. My bad, but uh, no, Merry Christmas, all. And, and I have to wear my plethora of Star Wars stuff. Nice. Look at that. 
Boba nice. <laughs> there you go to represent for ugly Christmas sweaters. So Love that. No, who we Merry got the, Christmas, happy holidays. Kyle, who we got there in the chat? Anyone come up there? Was that, was uh, that so somebody somebody we know, uh she she's been known to be naughty and do a few beatdowns in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Jennifer, yes. Yes, good to see her. Uh, uh we are celebrating 20th anniversary of Elf guys. Um are we feeling a little old yet? 20 uh, yeah. years. Uh Haley, what do you think? Uh yeah, no. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> wait, it's been that long? No, it couldn't have been that. Like every time someone's like, it's an early 2000s, early aughts movie, I'm like, no, nah, it wasn't that long ago. Oh, it was that long ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amy, are you feeling 20 years? Does it seem like that much? Um, no, you said that, and I'm like, no, it just came out. Like, and then you see Will Ferrell now, and you're like, Okay, yeah, he has aged a little. He's still wonderful. Um, but yeah, time flies. Uh, Derek, what about you? You've got a youngin in the house too. Has has uh has a little girl been introduced to Elf? No, she hasn't watched this one. She's still a little bit on the live like people movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried watching a couple of things. Um, and it's just, you know, as long as it's cartoons or the CGI animation, claymation stuff, she's all about it. But uh still, still not quite. So maybe in a year or two, maybe she'll she'll, you know, start liking to the live action stuff. About if if you got the Muppet Christmas Carol, that has live people, that's about it because you got Muppets. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Kyle, 20 years, 20th anniversary of Elf, man. Is it is it flown by? What, what do you think? I remember when a young buddy left the North Pole <laughs> a long time ago. Um, also, to just real quick shout out to because the mascots of the Phantom Podcast Network are in the house too. Tommy and Stripes are here with us celebrating on our Christmas party. Yeah, they need the, the kitties, the kitties in the podcast room there. They need they need their time. They need their, their yeah. screen time. So yeah, you know, it's it's in the contract when I adopted them. I you know so, but <laughs> otherwise they strike. Yeah. <laughs> no, no striking in, in, in this holiday party. <laughs> well, no. well, guys, we're here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this movie. And when Kyle and I were deciding what Christmas movie to do, we were throwing some stuff out there. Uh, we wanted to hit an anniversary as well. And there is a couple of other Christmas movies that we're going to talk about briefly that are sharing the same anniversary as Elf. And we're going to bring them up for a particular reason in a minute. Uh, but we wanted to hit this one because this one, for what, for a lot of different reasons, and I'm going to get your opinion soon on this. This has hit a chord quickly, and 20 years may not seem quickly, but when you look at the Christmas movies in general that we do like to watch on rotation every year, ones that have been around for a lot longer than Elf have built this this legendary Christmas aura around them. If you want to say, there's been something about. Buddy and Elf, Buddy the Elf, that has kind of skyrocketed to stardom a little bit faster than other Christmas classics may have. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But first, I think it's time for those of us that maybe don't know the plot as well or remember for Couch Potato Theater here in Elf. We're going to give a quick little Elf um, flick summary. Buddy was an elf in an orphanage. orphanage who stowed away in Santa's sack and ended up at the North Pole. Later, as an adult who happened to be raised by elves, Santa allows him to go to New York to find his birth father, Walter Hobbs. 
he who is on Santa's naughty list for being a heartless jerk had no idea that Buddy even was born. Buddy, meanwhile, experiences the delight of New York City and human culture only as an elf can. When Walter's relationship with him interferes with his job, he is forced to reevaluate his priorities. Guys, I want to get right into uh, the beginning of when you guys first saw this. Did you see it in the movie theater? Did it take a while for you to watch it on cable or video? Uh, I kind of want to know where you guys were at with this. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. I actually saw this for the first time on video. I did not see it when it first hit the theaters just because it was a pretty busy year for movies and a lot of things going on. But what I remember about this, too, because this was right in the middle of that just incredible Will Ferrell heater run or anything Will Ferrell put out was just automatic box office gold. And this one just hit and it hit big. And I think it's even gotten bigger over the years because as everybody in this movie has gotten, has grown to such stature, when you think about Will Ferrell and John Favreau and where they stand in Hollywood now compared to even then. But yeah, it, it, it was a Christmas phenomenon. That is for sure. Uh, Amy, I want to go to you. Uh, what are your first uh, impressions of Elf? When and where did you see it? What kind of impression did it make on you? Yeah, so I am not a Will Ferrell fan. Um, his comedy, like that Anchorman, like the things that he's done, I did it. And so I feel like this movie is his turning point where it's like, okay, he's maturing finally. Um, <laughs> I'm liking his movies. I like his movies after um, so this one really was important for me as a Will Ferrell fan because I enjoy what he does now. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a good point. You're not alone in feeling that. I know a lot of people that feel the same way about Will Ferrell. Derek, you, when did you first see it? Um, it, it was actually a few years um, before I actually saw this because it came out uh, during college years and just, you know, as you know, I'd be drinking and chasing girls rather than watching movies at theaters, unless <laughs> if it was Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, those are the only things I ever made time for. Um, but uh, outside of that, uh, no, it took a few years and it was a um, typical, um, <clears throat> to me, it was the lesser of the Will Ferrell movies to counter what Amy was saying. I obviously, I prefer his comedy, you know, off the wall stuff. Um, but this one, I was just kind of like, ah, it's cute, you know, and stuff like that. But um, over the years, it's really started to like, oh, I can appreciate it, you know, especially when you watch some of the behind the scene things they're making it. Like you mentioned about John Favreau, what his intent was. Um, as I've gotten older and just, you know, appreciate those classic Christmas movies, this one is where it really starts to, you can really see where the, the heartfelt making into it and makes me appreciate it more. Glad you brought that up because I believe it was Elf was doing some post-production in Skywalker Ranch that led to a very important relationship with some people there. <laughs> yes. Dave Filoni, maybe? George yep. Lucas? Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go with you, Haley. Uh, give us uh, your thoughts on Elf when you first saw it. Where were you when? Um, so I, well, gosh, I was in California at the time and I was working in a movie theater, so I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I probably saw it in the movie theater. Um, and I think at first, you know, I'm kind of like Amy, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. Um, I, I much prefer like the SNL skits, um, that he did, especially the cowbell, but, um, you know, I thought this was such a really good 
like a really good Christmas movie with the humor, but it really kind of caters to kids too and adults who have that kid-like spirit. So I thought that that was kind of nice that it wasn't over the top with some of the humor like it could have been. Um, and I, it was really good part on as far as I think Christmas movies go. Good point. Yeah. All right, Lacey, what about you? Or AKA Blitzen. <laughs> uh, give me your thoughts on first time seeing Elf. I loved it. Um, I will watch Bob Newhart in anything. Like he, he's always been <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, I think when you're talking about how this has gotten uh, much more, you know, kind of much more quickly kind of rose the, you know, rose in the charts. I think that's because the players that they chose, I mean, you've got James Caan, Mary Steenburgen, Bob Newhart. Those are like heavy hitters for, you know, the year this came out. I mean, these people are, <laughs> they were huge. And what didn't Burl, Burl Ives do? Burl Ives do one of the voices too, I think. Um, I don't know if that was him or if that was a voice double. I know he passed away sometime right around there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, heavy hitters. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you got some people who don't normally do comedy, you know, in, you know, James Caan and Mary Steenburgen. And then you've got, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the, com the ultimate comedian in, uh, I guess sarcasm and rhythm with uh, Bob Newhart. So, I mean, I loved, and I probably saw it five times in the theaters. It was great. Loved it. Ah, well said, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, usually I say, Oh, I saw that in a the theater when it first came out. I don't remember seeing this in the theater. I remember I was working in Virginia for decipher at the time. I was making card games I was on the road a lot and I have a vivid memory of actually watching this on video somewhere, whether it was on a, a cable channel or renting it on DVD. Cause I, I remember I was hearing the buzz about it around Christmas in a future year other than 2003. And I, so I didn't see it. I, I was a Will Ferrell fan, but I didn't know if that was the Will Ferrell humor I wanted to see. And I didn't know if it would be, be able to pull off, like this, this elf guy, because I'm used to, I, I was watching him day one from his skits in Saturday Night Live. And so I, I'd seen that side of Will Ferrell. Uh, and then I think I caught it on video or on TV or something like that. And then I was, I was hooked immediately. Cause I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christmas guy. I love Christmas movies. Uh, and so I, I was excited to uh, discover elf for the first time there. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was one I don't remember seeing in, on the screen, the big screen, which normally I do. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I wanted to throw this up at the top, guys. Elf is very quotable. There's some very, very funny scenes with Elf. Very funny lines with Elf. And uh, I have to start off with one of my favorites. And this is, I laugh every time this scene comes on here. Uh, and it was a moment I shared with my daughter, Camille, when she saw it for the first time. And that's when he's uh, eating at home with uh, his brother, Michael. And Buddy does that very long burp, not like booger burp from, you know, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, but a pretty big burp. And he goes, did you hear that? <laughs> and, and then Michael goes, so <laughs> I just I laugh every time it just makes me laugh and uh, of course I also love the uh the mile the 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 uh the Miles Finch scene here <laughs> where uh buddy walks in going um did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here <laughs> 
Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you had in your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail, each one a 70 inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me an elf one more time. He's an angry elf. (laughs) (laughs) And after he gets beat up, he says, he must be from the South Pole elf. (laughs) Uh, And I just love the quick scene with uh, Mr. Narwhal. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on some of your other favorite quotes. Haley, I'm going to start with you. Um, yeah, I I think one of my favorites is uh, when he stumbles upon the raccoon in the park. <laughs> and he's like, I just want to hug you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Haley. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to hug you. Like, you're a wild animal. Like, come here. Um, and so I, I love that because um, I'm a hugger. So I like to give people hugs. So, yeah, I want to hug the animals. And um, I think just one of my not so much lines in the movies even though the lines are great i just love you know like the little moments of seeing someone even though obviously as the person himself he knows them but like that childlike joy of like grunting around and screaming in the revolving door like i would do that uh you know (laughs) just just like the little things like pushing all the buttons in the elevator like oh i'm sorry i can't go with you all the way up but that was really fun um i just you know like those little moments where it's not even a line it's just action i think are the best for me in this movie derek what about you you got any favorite lines quotes well your your picture just cued me up for what my favorite one is because this is when he meets the fake santa and he's uh, whispering in his ears and he's like you sit on your throat of lies <laughs> i think that might be one of the most memeable quotes yeah. from this movie so yeah that's a good just one. that good that one. whole portion of it just hilarious and he's like what and then he's asking him like what did i sing on your birthday and he's like Happy birthday. And he's like, you know, like he's like, got me there. (laughs) So just that whole interaction right there is hilarious. So I I say that's probably one of my favorite ones too. And then obviously the one earlier, um, you know, when we were um, uh, doing the whole Santa and he screams, right. You know, you know, Santa's coming. So (laughs) Uh, Lacey, what about you? Okay. Well, the discussion of the cotton headed nanny muggin is hilarious. Um, you know, with Peter Billingsley and then, you know, just the kind of the sadness in it. But when it can't, when it comes to like my favorite character, like sub side character or secondary character, Faison love, everything he does, every conversation he has with Faison love absolutely cracks me up. Like when he comes in, he's like, you know, use the walkie-talkie. Let me know if you see anybody. They they must have brought a ringer from corporate. He's like, do you see this place? I mean, he's got this like, you know, he's a conspiracy theorist. Like, you know that he doesn't believe in the moon landing and that he thinks like things were staged. Like, you know that he's got some stuff hanging out. And like, he's just, and I love it. Like, I am there for him. He is absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? you? Got any favorite quotes? Um. You know, there, there's something that's been with the studio that's been bugging me, and now I finally remember. This place reminds me of Santa's workshop. It smells, <laughs> except it smells like mushrooms, and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good but, one. Um, I also, I also love the fact that you know, um, the, the the four main food groups: candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, a good that's balance. A good 
<laughs> diabetic diet there. But one of my favorites, and it's not even it's not so much a quote as it is a scene. One of the greatest snowball fights in the history of film. Yes. This is true. Yeah, it's true. Uh yeah. He's uh, he's got dead aim there, man. He's like he's like yeah. John Wick with snowballs. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Uh, he uh, John Wick has no shot against Buddy the Elf. I'm just saying. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Amy, do you have any favorite li- favorite uh, lines, quotes? Oh wait, you're on you're on mute. <laughs> yeah, I saw that picture uh, on his, on the escalator. Hilarious. Um, that whole sequence of him experiencing the city, like what you were saying, Haley, just those small moments. Cause yeah, spinning around in the door, you, you know, that escalator, man, that's really scary. And you're trying to get on. Oh, and then he jumps off and he's, all the people are waiting. It's really cute. Um, and I have a question. So you were talking about this snowball and like what, another thing that I love is how he decorates everything. Like the theme, every room that he's in is decorated like the North Pole. Um, so, and he did that a lot at night and he's throwing snowballs. Like I thought he was a human and just being raised by an elf, but he has special powers. Is that ever explained or what's in your head, Cameron? You hang that? out in the North Pole long enough, Amy. I speak from experience. Things happen. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's a good point you brought up, Amy. And they don't really talk about it. But I think that what I like about that question, Amy, is that it lends to the magic of Christmas. There's yeah. always some type of magic that, that Santa has that we learn in this. Of course, the, uh, the Christmas cheer. Uh, and... Yes, there's just something magical about what what uh, Buddy has acquired or been able to do. That's the impression that I get mm. that he uh, okay. he has certain abilities, and of course he has the ability to charm everyone eventually. So uh, I, I think uh, I think that's what I get from that. Anyway, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So I wanted I mentioned earlier that there was three other there's three big theatrical release films for Christmas films that is that are you know, definitely Christmas themed take place during Christmas. And that of course is elf. And I'm talking about in 2003 Christmas, that's elf, bad Santa and love. Actually, all of those came out in 2003 during the holidays. Now I'm just going to give you a quick little, uh, uh, of how much each one made elf made $228 million. Bad Santa made $76 million and Love Actually made $249 million. Now, I bring these up because I'm going to tease something soon about this, is that Elf is PG, but Bad Santa and Love Actually are rated R. Now, I'm going to bring that up in a little bit because it's a very important topic about that, but I just want to mention that uh, um, filming began December 9th, 2002, and wrapped on March 2003. Filming took place in New York City as well as Vancouver and the Riverview, Riverview Hospital in British Columbia. Uh, this film makes heavy use of perspective to exaggerate the size of Buddy compared to all the other elves. Stop-motion animation was employed for certain sequences. CGI was used to, was used, but kept to a minimum due to John Favreau's own preference uh, something that he would later note had to fight very hard for. Will Ferrell said in interviews that he suffered ill effects after eating too much sugar for the film. <laughs> and Zoe Deschanel's singing was not in the original script, but Favreau added it after he learned that she was a singer. When Buddy starts singing in the middle of Santa Land at Gimbel's, the lyrics were not scripted. 
and Will Ferrell improvised the song on the spot. Apart from the snow and post-production, most of the computer-generated imagery, CGI in the film, was created by Rhythm and Hue Studio. Buddy's Belch, my favorite scene, after drinking a two-liter bottle of Coca-Cola, was dubbed by voice actor Maurice LaMarche. Kyle, do you know who that is? That, that name rings a bell, but you're going to have to refresh me a little bit. I'll have to go into that later because apparently he's done a lot of voiceovers before. Uh, but we got some critical rankings on this. I want to get your guys' thoughts on here. First of all, we got to go to Roger Ebert. Okay. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, calling it one of those rare Christmas comedies that has heart, a brain, and a wicked sense of humor. And it charms the socks right off the mantelpiece. Rotten Tomatoes. Elf holds an approval rating of 86% based on uh, 202 reviews, an average rating of 7.1 out of 10. The website's critical consensus reads, a movie full of yuletide cheer. Elf is a spirited, good-natured family comedy, and it benefits greatly from Will Ferrell's funny and charming performances of one of Santa's biggest helpers. I wanted to stop there, guys, because I want to talk about Will Ferrell for a moment here. Um uh, there's a lot of people like yourself, Amy, that don't like Will Ferrell. My wife can't stand Will Ferrell. And I get it. He has a certain type of audience and he's not for everyone. However, in this film, though, we seem to see a little bit different side of his comedic charm, his genius, whatever that you want to say, that has more appeal, his humor, than probably a lot of the other films because he does a lot of rated R uh, uh, comedies and stuff like that. So Amy, I want to go to you, your reference to um, Will Ferrell. You've obviously seen some of his stuff. What is it about his performance in Elf that won you over? You know, when he is just so authentic um, when he believes he's uh, this elf um, he and he's seen, he's different. Like just that beginning scene uh, really captured me. And it's like, I can relate to that. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm in a weird environment. So I think the script is what uh, won me over. And then his authenticity of just being 100% an elf. I loved it. Uh, Derek, what about you? I want to get your thoughts on this. I know you're familiar with this stuff. Uh, how familiar are with this past? And, you know, what is it about his character, of buddy that resonated with you. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, same thing as you, you know, you, you know, a lot of him from his, um, SNL days, right. And all of his skits, there's a lot of great ones from the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, especially the, the jeopardy ones, the celebrity jeopardies are the best. Um, but, uh, overall there's just, um, uh, what Amy say, this is a character that in the movie itself, it fits where Will Ferrell to a T. Like, I don't think there's anyone out there that you could say, yeah, if you had to pick somebody to play this type of character, you would instantly have said Will Ferrell, right? Not even knowing um, that, you know, if you'd ever seen this movie, because it's just that type of character um, and the way his comedy goes that it's great. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, you thoughts. This is an interesting time actually for Will Ferrell because he's really doing a lot of kids kind of things at the, at this point. He had he had done a lot of his you know harder comedies like out um 
Anchorman, um, Talladega Nights, things like that. But around 2013, I'm looking at IMDb. You mean 2003? I'm sorry, yeah, 2003. Um, he, he he was kind of in this weird thing. He had just done – okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying he was right in the middle of blowing up. He had done old school. He was doing Elf. Right after Elf was um, Anchorman. So he was right in the middle of this. But doing a kids movie like this is something that's been uh, – is something Will Ferrell has always gone back to throughout his career. If you look back, the Lego movie, he's done a lot of voice work for animated stuff. So this has always been a lane that's been in Will Ferrell's career. This is, was just our first time really truly getting to, getting to see it. And it's such a difference – in the aspect of we're not seeing him do his comedy for over the top for adults and R rated, we're seeing it for kids. And I think it did really give us a different perspective on Will Ferrell at the time. Haley, what about, Oh, Lacey. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it bears noting that his, his first child was born in 2004. So he probably realized that like, okay, I'm about to have a child. Oh, good point. It might be nice for me to have some things in my repertoire that my kid Mm -hmm. can see. Um, So, I mean, as far as the rest of it, I think the character is just so innocent and likable. A lot of the characters he he did prior to this were dense, not necessarily innocent. And some of them weren't very likable. This one hits both of those spots. I mean, he's he's innocent and just, just likable enough to, like, overcome the annoyance that perhaps other, you know, characters in the film might have had towards him. So... Ah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Having a kid, that'll change it. Definitely. Haley, your thoughts on Will and about this time in his career, uh, what, what, you know, what drew you to him on this? Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily if it was Will Ferrell that made me want to watch this movie. Um, again, I worked at a movie theater, so I watched a lot of movies actually that I didn't necessarily want to see. Um, I think though, that a comedian, you really, if you're wanting to flesh out your talent and your chops, you're going to go outside of the box of what you normally do, you know, and, and I haven't seen a ton of Will Ferrell stuff outside of, you know, SNL skits as well, because it's just not my kind of comedy. And so I like that, you know, they take a risk and do something where it's, comedy but it's different form of comedy than what they normally do because then it gives other people an idea of like hey you know we're not going to shoehorn this person this actor into this specific type of role um i mean you know we can think of like nicholas cage who got like shoehorned into you know certain type of roles and to see something else other than like this action hero kind of person it's really like, like the family man christmas movie that he did you know yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. or, you know, you think of um, uh, Leonard McCoy and he, you know, they are, and, and people get shoehorned into these roles and then studios only see him for that. And so I think to flex your abilities and to show something that you can do that may be still in your wheelhouse, but it's a little bit different is really wonderful um, for actors to do. And I think, you know, you're sitting here and we're talking about like, Oh, well, could somebody else have done this role? And I could maybe if I sat and sat and thought about that for like 10 minutes, I might be thinking somebody that might've been able to do it as well. But I think for him, I think that worked really well. Good His point. face at that point, yeah. like, you know, the curly hair and, and everything and his mannerisms, I think, was just perfect. Yeah. 
you know, for me, I, I was just, I was pleasantly surprised by his performance, to be honest with you, because I like, I like Raunchy Farrell. I'm, I'm a fan of those R-rated comedies. I loved his style, but you know, when I saw this for the first time, I remember a lot of, uh, I was looking back at a lot of the skits that he was playing on Saturday Night Live and he was one of the standouts and he was very, very funny. He had a lot of great returning skits and uh, I was more surprised about how believable he was as a human elf and how charming that he was and how he, you know, uh, can basically take some people a little bit longer to get used to him, you know, like his biological father, but uh, he was able to win people over. And that's, that's always something I find fun and endearing as well. But uh, I want to talk about this guys. Uh, I have a couple of discussion points here that I want to bring up about this film. And the reason why I want to bring these up is because I think elf in some people's minds, either they can't stand it uh, or, you know, there are some detractors out there, but then there's a lot of people like us that love elf and how quickly it's kind of become this instant classic. People have used this instant classic line when a new movie comes out way, way too much. But I think elf in, 20 years has definitely earned that uh, title for a lot of reasons because it has endeared it. You see it all the time uh, playing. You see the new versions of DVDs hitting the shelf and Blu-rays, all that every year. They're always reselling it. Uh, it's, it's playing on max right now. So it's always out there. It's, it's one of those, you know, with Chris, with a, a Christmas vacation, it's a wonderful life. Scrooge, um, Red Nose Reindeer, all of these classics that come out every year, Elf is always right there, and it's it's rising to the top for me. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But I want to I want to ask you guys about this article that I found, and I'm just going to pull one quote, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. This is a Rolling Stone article, and uh, says Elf John Favreau reflects on Buddy's magical legacy. Quote: Our goal was to make a movie that could be part of that pantheon. The director says. Now, Haley, I think he was, from day one, John wanted to, first of all, make this film to where it was family-friendly, it could be played anywhere, and he wanted it to endure. Did he accomplish that? I think so. I think, you know, this movie is one of those where, and I think that a lot of late Christmas movies uh, do this as well, but, you know, it falls into that even 20, 30 years from now, it's something that you can go back to. Um, I I know we might talk about this, but like my, my favorite Christmas movies that I watch every year, I have two, they're really old. Like they're from the forties and the fifties and, you know, I watch them every year, even though I, I know them because I've watched them from years and years and years. Um, and so I think, you know, he wanted to make something that is going to be in the same realm that um, has that spirit, that magic of Christmas that, you know, you can just continue to watch it even and it Age well isn't a thing. I, I mean, it is, but I think this is where it is that it just doesn't age, if that yeah. makes sense. That's an excellent point. I like that. Uh, Blitzen, how about you, Lacey? What do you think? You're on mute, Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Every time. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
Oh, I had a thought. What was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> My mute messed me up. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, um, John, John Favreau said our goal was to make a movie that could be part of that pantheon. Those elite Christmas movies is the impression I'm getting what he means by. Did he succeed? Did he succeed? Yeah, I think he did. And I think it's partially because everything in the film, I mean, there's not a lot of, they don't reference a lot of technology. Um, I mean, they do a little bit, but they don't have, you know, there's not like a cell phone everywhere and there's not, you know, so, you know, they, they make um, things like a revolving door fun and, and interesting and a thing that he would, you know, pay attention to. They still rely on things like the actual sleigh and, and, you know, reindeer and that kind of thing. And they do kind of, they use like what the, the engine thing as opposed to some sort of, you know, high tech thing. Um, so I think that they, they kind of, it's a timeless situation. They didn't do a lot of, a lot of times when movies don't hold up, it's because the technology of the film kind of brings you out of things, right? You watch hackers right. now and they talk about like how this has got 128 bits, man. And you're like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I have that in, in, you know, in my chapstick, you know, or whatever. So um, I think that they deliberately chose to not reference a lot of things that could pull you out later. Um, if you look at the clothing, you know, you take a look at any of the costuming and that kind of stuff. There's not a lot of, um, of, uh, specific pieces everything's very generalized with the exception of the elf costuming um there's not a lot of of um dating things in the film that's good yeah i'm like looking at the cars you know yeah Yeah. you're right there's Mm -hmm. there's definitely a way of not dating it uh derek what about you how do you think favreau uh became part of that pantheon with elf so if Obviously, as MCU and Star Wars fans, we know that Favreau um, caters to the fanboys. Um, and it, you can appreciate it because Favreau grew, is the same age as the rest of us, right? He's in his late 40s, I think, at this point. I don't think he's in his 50s yet, right? So he's, you know, most of us are in our 40s or, you know, early 50s. And <clears throat> we, you know, Haley just touched up on a little bit earlier, right? There's these two movies that I used to, you know, watch as a kid and I still watch them today, right? They're Christmas classics to me, right? Same thing, right? If, if you ask any of us, what are the Christmas classics, right? Um, and the same thing for our parents, right? Think about 20, 20 years ago when this movie came out and our parents, right? Maybe even our grandparents, depending on, you know, how, how old you are. And then the kids that are to, you know, today that are adults that watch this when they were kids, when it came out. Right. And it covers all of that. If you think about it, right. He, you know, you talked about what Lacey just talked about. There's the practical effects part, right. That, and, and you mentioned it earlier, Kevin, right. That John had a fight for those, you know, to get those things. Cause he wanted that classic feel. He wanted a modern feel at the same time. And he did a really beautiful job of meshing it all together where I, I mean, maybe some younger people today, um, you know, that, like I said, grew up with this might say, Oh, this is, you know, one of my top two favorite Christmas movies. Most of us or our parents, you know, probably aren't right. But if you were to say, what's your top 10 favorite Christmas movies, I bet a lot of us might include this. Right. Um, and, and that's a job well done. If you think about it, you know, especially, um, you know, if you think about all the Christmas movies that come out every year, every decade, right. You know, even the ones you mentioned, yeah. Bad Santa and, and Love Actually, you know, probably are, you know, 
people would consider them Christmas movies, definitely. But are they going to say they're top 10? Probably not, you know, but this one would. So, you know, when it had competition like that, obviously did well because it caters to all audiences. Um, I also think from the earlier comments of, you know, some people don't like Will Ferrell to the fact that this was PG helps Will Ferrell a lot, right? Because he doesn't go over the extremes, right? He has to kind of keep it mellow. Um, where it's just enough. And again, based off the character he's playing. So it just does a really nice job. And I think, yeah, Favreau does it because he caters to the fanboy, which was us at the time. We're, you know, young adults um, and it brings back classic. And then yet it still opens up traditions for kids that were at the time, 20, 30 years later, you know, or, you know, another 10 years from now, when those kids, if they haven't already had it, started having kids are going to be having their kids and it'll be a Christmas classic for them. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what about you? What do you think? Do you think that uh, John Favreau um, was his intent to make this one of the great Christmas movies? Did he succeed? One of the great. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with uh, what you said. Just, just to clarify, when he says Pantheon, I'm assuming that's what he means, that he he wanted to make Elf up there as one of the cr big Christmas movies that you would remember and be on, on, on a talking discussion point. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with what Derek, you said, like top 10. Yeah. This definitely will get there. Is it my top three? Ooh, that's, that's a hard place, you know, and, and probably just because of me and Will Ferrell, like I wouldn't put it that high up, but and Lacey, I loved what you said about there was no technology. The things that we saw, you know, your standard suits. Well, suits are timeless, you know. And so the fashion wasn't high fashion. So then that's not going to date the movie. Um, I liked that it it's, just, it's the story that's been told a million times, but it's done in a unique way. Um, and that's what puts this movie above sort of the other just classics like this one. I like its uniqueness. And so for me, I would put it in my top 10 and, and I think it is a very good success. And I'm so glad to have watched it again because it reminds me how fun and creative and timeless it is. Cause I didn't feel like I was watching a 20 year old movie. Like you do with some movies. That's a good point. Kyle. So I think with Elf, the issue that became, that kind of happened with it probably about 10 years into his, in its existence was people tried to force it as a holiday classic. And they didn't give it time to marinate. And I think what's kind of happened, especially maybe the last five years or so, is people just, Elf's just kind of been there. It's been part of the popular culture. It's let It's been allowed to be a very popular generational Christmas film and because it's just been allowed to be that it's starting to become now a Christmas classic as you have a generation that grew up with elf that are now sharing it with their, with their children. I think Favreau did succeed in creating a very special Christmas movie because the one thing about John Favreau and Derek brought up this point is he's basically one of us. He he's from our time frame. He registers with us. He's giving us things in elf that we recognize from our childhood growing up. What makes it what makes it more identifiable and that special. And there's just something about a John Favreau film that I think connects with people of our age group. Just so good at being able to do that. And I think it works so well with Elf. 
And I think because Farrell puts in this great performance, but even for him, it's toned down because he's trying to do it for children too. It just creates this perfect combination. And when this movie was just allowed to just exist and be there, it became more of a Christmas classic now that we're 20, 20 years into it instead of 10. And then, then you add in the aspect to me of as well, just time, time passing. And that this, this movie is timeless because you don't really see the technology. It, that's what makes this work. Cause it's, it just could exist at any point in time. We could have that technology. We could have it, could not have it, but Hey, it's really not something you pay attention to in the film. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay guys. So there's a couple of talking points that I wanted to bring up. And as I alluded to the other films that were uh, coming out holiday Christmas films that came out in 2003 that I was teasing earlier, there's a couple articles that I, I found. Uh, I found one here by uh, NP telegraph saying 20 years ago, November 7th, 2003, Will Ferrell transformed into Buddy, an elf who discovers his human roots and embarks on a journey to find his father in New York City. Since then, this classic movie has inspired a musical, an animated special, and even a video game. Yes, a video game. Uh, so why is Elf so special? And uh, another article I found here by Mac uh, Shemikowitz, Shim- uh, published November 7th, 2023. These are all recent articles. 2003 was an exciting time for Christmas movies as love actually and bad Santa gave adults a reason to get in the spirit. A little film about a big elf became a box office heavyweight. John Favreau's elf turned 20 on November 7th, 2023. And it remains the most enduring and best Christmas film of that era for a reason. After the overblown star focused family comedies of the nineties, the Christmas cheer was in short supply and 2003 signaled the return to form for a holiday genre. The nineties were on a naughty list in the years following home alone in 1990 and the 92 sequel studios leaned harder on major comedy stars and Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Scrooge. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase could tell you that star driven Christmas movies aren't new. And amid the mediocre star vehicles of that era, Disney released two masterpieces, the Muppet Christmas Carol and the night before Christmas. They just didn't make Home Alone money at the time. The highest grossing Christmas family films released between 92 and 2000, The Santa Claus, Jingle All the Way, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So what I liked about these articles, guys, is it was showing you the trend of Christmas movies and what was happening. And that Elf was the real true family Christmas film because at the time you had Bad Santa and Love, Love Actually that were rated R. And I think... At the time, Elf probably just hit at the right time and then started slowly gaining steam like a snowball becoming larger and larger as it's going down the hill. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on the momentum that was making. And I'm going to start with you, Amy. Wow. Um, That's pretty awesome. I remember Jingle All the Way and sort of, yeah, these big actors doing their Christmas thing. It sort of reminds me of like, you know, every singer eventually puts out a Christmas album. It's sort of yes. the same thing with actors, <laughs> apparently. Um, yeah. So wait, what I got distracted. What am I asking? What am I this time that came out? It was the it was <laughs> okay. the one true family Christmas movie that came out. And of course, in the 90s, there was a lot of uh big famous people um, putting out Christmas movies and such. And 
hoping to try and make bucks and stuff. But uh, yeah. this movie came out, didn't have to pull any big, big, uh, you know, um, big movie stars out of their pocket. They got some great guest stars in it, of course, but it just seemed to hit at the right time. Yeah. Um, I yeah, there were quite a few um, of those movies and they're coming and uh, I don't know. You're going to have to go with someone else. I don't really have any <laughs> thoughts about it. <laughs> Derek, Derek, what about you? Did you see Bad Santa when it first came out or Love Actually? <laughs> uh, no, neither of those. Like I said, I was in college, wasn't thinking. Like I said, well, that was that was December of 2003. So wouldn't that have been Return of the King? Yeah. Yes. And yeah, so, yes, yeah. so that was that was the movie I saw five times in the theater. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so. actually, actually, I can, I can, I can. Uh, let me let, let me just pause for a second here. Let me put let me put you in in a little time machine here. So, the film opened at number two at the box office, in the United States, with thirty one million, finishing behind Matrix Revolutions, also in its first week. It topped the box office in its second week of release, beating out Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Oh, that movie was bad. Additionally, <laughs> Elf went on to compete against another family-oriented film, Brother Bear, uh, in the United Kingdom and opened second behind Love Actually. And in 2018, 19, and 2020 reissues earned a bunch of more money, including around a $2 million, respectively. Now, uh, um, I think Return of the King came out in a little bit later in December. In December. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about like November releases and stuff. Yeah. Like well, like I said, in college, <laughs> yeah. I would have been focused on finals at that point. Thanksgiving right, break, right. all that stuff. Like I said, so the fact, and this is the one thing I hate about movie uh, studios. Like I don't want to see a Christmas movie in November. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, I love Christmas. It's great. You know, all that stuff, but really December 1st, I'm all for it. Right. I mean, even though I've got, you know, a week before Thanksgiving, I got my Christmas trip, but that's because my wife and I, you know, don't want to, you know, happy wife, happy life. But outside of that, like, I don't do any Christmas music. You know, I don't do all that. I might do some Christmas shopping, obviously, Black Friday, um, because you can't pass up deals on that week. But outside of that, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not watching all my favorites. Like, that's what I try to do December 1st through the 20, you know, 25th and even, you know, probably the week after still watching some Christmas movies that come out. Right. So, um, so again, I, I'm, that's exactly what I'm not looking for. And like I said, if it's not playing in theaters at that point, then I probably didn't think of it. Like I said, other than, you know, return of the King five times. <laughs> I know. I, I know how that feels. Yes. Uh, Lacey. I love Richard Curtis. Okay. Um, for weddings and a funeral, uh, Notting Hill. Um, Director yeah. of Love, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. So Love Actually is in my top two. Uh, top two, three, you know, in there. Uh, it's one that the family watches every year. Um, with Along with Die Hard and uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, so I was going to see that movie regardless. I mean, I, I have a strong... Um, um, you're talking about love actually. Yeah. 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 So I was going to see love actually. And anyway, anyway, um, when it comes to, um, what's it with Lauren Graham and bad Santa? Um, I think I saw that once or twice, um, once in the theater. And then I think I saw it on DVD or something a little while later. Um, it's not in my favorites. It's really not. It's, it's, 
when I want to, when I watch a Christmas movie, I want to see something like happy and uplifting and fun and either like either action and just, just, you know, huge, crazy action with a happy ending or light and sweet and funny and you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, love actually loved it. Bad Santa. I laughed through it. It was funny. It just wasn't really my cuppa. Gotcha. You know, uh, Derek, you reminded me like, yeah, the reason why I didn't see this movie in the theaters, because I was like, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. I was working for for Decipher. Yeah, I was working for (laughs) Decipher that was releasing the Lord of the Rings trading card game. I was on the road. I was promoting Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, that's why I did not (laughs) see that in the movie. But of course, I had to see Matrix, uh, the sequel to Matrix and and, yeah. yeah, Master and Commander was not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> some people disagree with you there. Uh, Kyle, did I get your thoughts on uh, where this movie is? I can't remember who I hadn't asked you. Well, no. Um, this, this is an interesting time because I think Love actually really filled the niche that was there, obviously, for the romantic comedy, Christmas comedy that hadn't really happened in a while. Plus, you know, at the time, Hugh Grant was making all the ladies swoon. So, um. Bad Santa, I did see that in the theater because I love Billy Bob Thornton. I, I thought it's a great dark comedy film, something a little different. But again, it comes to with Elf, it just, it hit and it was a movie that you could take the family to. And at Christmas time, that's what you want to hit with. Yes, you had Lord of the Rings going on. You had The Matrix going on. You had all these fanboy things going on. But if the kids say, Dad, I want to go see a Christmas movie, they were getting taken to Elf. And... <laughs> That that it found that niche and it just slid itself right right into there. And again, you know, Will Ferrell just being Will Ferrell at the time. I mean, he was a yeah. legitimate top box office draw. And so you add all those things together and Elf just absolutely hits it perfectly. Good point. Yeah, good point. So guys, we have to oh, oh Haley, I'm so sorry. Jeez. I'm on the naughty list. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I got him thinking about yeah. Lord of the Rings. That totally screwed his brain. Yeah, it did. It did. No, it's okay. Well, and it's funny because you're listing all the movies that were out at that time. And again, I worked at a movie theater and I was like, geez, it was like taking me back to when I worked at the movie theater. I think so. I saw Bad Santa in the theater just because I was a Lauren Graham fan and I'm like, I want to see this. But yeah. But yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, oh gosh, I was just thinking about like all the movies that were playing around that time. And yeah, I remember Third Lord of the Rings. That was fun. Anyway, um, no, I, I think for me, so I didn't see Bad Santa. It was not, I agree, it's not my cup of tea either. Um, not a Billy Bob Thornton fan. Um, and uh, I'm also like Derek. I no Christmas in my Thanksgiving. Like Christmas <laughs> is December. Like keep there. There's a funny thing I saw in someone's yard, and it was a blow up sand and a blow up turkey. And the turkey was like had they put out a sign saying like stay in your lane. Um, like it's not your time yet. Like <laughs> Halloween. Thanksgiving and then Christmas, you know, but I think, you know, Thanksgiving is kind of the kickoff season. Um, It used to be just the kickoff season. Now Christmas is creeping into like back to school, back to school's over and then Christmas. But um, 
you know, it's the time when people get together as families and they want to do stuff for the holidays because they might not see each other at Christmas. And so it makes sense to have a wonderful Christmas family movie, I think, which is wonderful. And then, yeah, we did have these Christmas films for the adults. I also agree. Uh, I actually love more. If we're choosing between the three, I would pick Love Actually as well. Um, I think there's so many fun little stories in there about like everyday life that it just really kind of you can someone can connect to each to one of those stories in that film I think which is truly wonderful I think everyone can connect to at least one if not two of those and so I thought that that was wonderful um those stories in there as well so like I think it's great that we had this Christmas film because in my opinion if you're talking about the ones that had come before nothing really had been good except for Home Alone. And Home Alone 2 is great because Tim Curry's in it. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those movies that uh, not only did it hit at the right time, as we, as we said, but it just gained steam. And I think that uh, whether it was hitting, you know, it obviously, and you were showing me your ornament, Lacey, I got to show you mine. I got my, uh, my elf Christmas tree ornament. And it's the, uh, it's a video cassette uh, elf there. Let me, Lacey, let me show yours up there. Hold on. I'll put you up there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hallmark one. It's the little yes. fake ornament. Isn't it cute? Where's yeah. the camera? There it is. <laughs> but at the time it was gaining popularity on, on home video. And every year you'd get another version of it. Here's my, remember these videos that came out, they were the Infinifilm versions. And this yep. one had the cool, uh, um, slip cover and then you open it up it's got like a little bunch of you know buddy adventure stuff going on here and, and uh it's a sparkly cover too so yeah um <laughs> guys let's talk about the cast this this is where i think this movie hits a home run there's a lot of people to talk about here uh i'm going to at just kind of go through the big ones here of course we've got john favreau the director here he also makes a cameo as the doctor uh, Will Ferrell, of course. We got Zoe Dachanel as Jovi. Um, we've got uh, what's this kid's name again? Yeah, I keep forgetting. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Ah, oh, well. Anyway, we'll come back to him. The, uh, the brother Michael, I think, is his name. Uh, Mary Steen version as well. Uh, of course, we've got Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, and uh, Amy Sedaris. Of course, most people know her now in. Uh, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Um, what's her name again, Eric? Talk about Amy. Yeah, Amy Sedaris. Yeah. What's her name? Her character's oh, name. Um, uh, um, oh, now that you put me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> um, it starts with a P. Um, oh, give me a second. We'll come back. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back. Uh, we also got, of course, Peter Dinklage as the uh, the angry elf, <laughs> Miles Finch. Uh, who else do we got here? We've got, of course, James Kahn as the father on the uh, the biological father buddy that's also on the the, the naughty list there. And uh, let's see what else we got here. We've got ah uh, oh, yes, Santa himself, Ed Asner. Uh, wow, Ed Asner, yes, great late, yes. yes. And uh, some other names here: Phase on Love is Gimbal's manager. Uh, Michael Lerner is Fulton, and uh, I love the fact that we get. Uh, the the uh, I guess was it the designers or the the the, the people who who work and, and try to make up these kids stories by Andy Richter and Kyle Glass 
from yep. Tenacious D, <laughs> who are probably the worst at their job ever. <laughs> their pitches yeah. were awful. Yes, yeah. yes. Artie awful. Lang is Artie Lang is Gimbal Santa. Uh, oh, Leon Redbone is Leon the Snowman. That's who that was. Uh, and Ray Harryhausen as um, the Polar Bear Cub. I mean, really? <laughs> Did we forget yeah. Peter Billingsley? Uh, no, I, I was going to come to Peter Billingsley. Oh, he, he is one of the lead elves uh, mm -hmm. that is uh, kind of breathing down Buddy's mm -hmm. neck on how to do Etch-a-Sketches right and some other things and sends him into the uh, the jack-in-a-box room. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, that he's scene where he cringes and because it's not going, I'm like, that would be me every single time. No jack-in-a-box. Yeah. Yes, Peter Billingsley played Ming Ming. And then um, Jen in the chat mentioned that Max Favreau played the young buddy. So, yeah. Oh, and Maurice LaMarche La La played uh, the voice, of course, the belching voice. In the but I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the cast here. Uh, let's go ahead and go with you, Derek. <coughs> Peli Moto. That was from Kelly Moto. Thank you. Yes, I knew it, like I said, it was on the tip of my tongue. I just couldn't think of it. Um, no, um, I'm I'm a huge Ed Asner fan. Um, so obviously him, uh, you know, playing Santa and like Lacey mentioned earlier too, Bob Newhart. Right. I I didn't watch the original, but the the Newhart show was obviously something that uh, we used to watch all the time too. And then he had what was the one Lacey in the '90s that he, he came was out? Cartoonist? Yes, that one. Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that Bob. one. Yeah, just Bob. Yeah. So so that one is the one I remember watching along with um, Ed Asner's one. I can't remember the name of it, too, where it had the one little boy from the movie, and I can't think of it, but he was the grandfather and all that. Um, you know, those those 90s sitcoms, um, the, you know, when sitcoms were actually still good. Um, but, uh, yeah, watch those. So yeah, I mean, just having those characters, like I said, it caters to the audience, right? It, it's meant for like myself, like, oh, I grew up watching these people on television. My parents grew up watching these people on television. They're going to be like, oh, okay. That they're going to be more welcoming to that, you know, with the, with the cast here. So, um, you know, just overall, uh, you know, those were some really great, but again, they, they play the older characters, right? The wise characters. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, just like I said, the whole North Pole cast is is right on par. And it's so interesting to see Zoe Deschanel now. Um, she's cute as a blonde, but definitely the brunette black hair is my fave. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haley, what about you? Your thoughts on the cast? No, I think the cast worked great. Um, I... La, I think Zoe Deschanel is probably one of my favorite um, characters from the movie. And I, I totally agree, Derek. The blonde is just, it's not a good look. And they also did it way too yellowy um, for her skin tone. Um, I'm a natural blonde, so she should have been a little lighter. But um, I like that they threw that in. And I love that, uh, you know, Favreau let her sing when he found out that she's a singer. Um, although I think think the only thing that bugs me like really bugs me is um now as an adult knowing how toxic the song that she's singing in the shower i wish they would have picked a different song <laughs> that song is really bad that song is not aged well and it's brought a lot no. of attention over the last 12 years yes yeah yeah <laughs> so Baby, it's old outside <laughs> It's, but yeah. um, I think it's great. And I love, you know, it's it's fun that we have, I think, these two 
female characters in this movie. They're really, you know, I mean, we have the three because we have um, Bob, his secretary. But I think, you know, the most that we see is Zoe's and what's, I can't remember. Anyway, and the yeah, and I think they do really well. Their characters are really well balanced. They're created really well so that they hold up against, you know, Will's character and whatnot. Um, and so I think that's fantastic. Awesome. All right, Lacey, your thoughts on the cast? Love the cast. Um, by the way, I own all three of those Bob Newhart series on DVD. I, <laughs> I, I, I just adore Bob Newhart. Love him. Um. I've already said that I absolutely loved phase on love in this, his, his like crazy. He just, he's so funny. So funny. Um, I think the main cast is fantastic. Obviously you've got like, you know, kind of the main three or four. Um, But I, I really do think that the, the um, supporting cast is like, there's not a single person that was cast that I would recast. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I loved everybody. Um, oh, and if you get a chance, um, Zoe Deschanel has a, she, she's released a whole bunch of CDs. Uh, the band it's, it's she and a friend of hers and the name of the band is she and him. Um, and you should check that out cause she's got like five or six or seven CDs out. Um, and their Christmas CD is actually really good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Amy, what about you? Your thoughts on the cast? You know, I really like everyone. I just, James Kahn is not, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like he fit. I felt like he looked too old to be Buddy's dad. He looked too old to be married to op- opposite Mary, because I absolutely love however you say her last name. Say it again. Mary Steen- Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot that she was in the movie. I really like her. And I felt like, well, she wasn't a grump, but she was married to the grump. And so I didn't know why she wasn't able to be more effective with her own husband. So that dynamic of the movie. And then I, so I just sort of put it all on James Caan. Um, But love Ed Asner. Totally forgot he was Santa. Um, And yeah, seeing... Peter, come in, <laughs> angry elf. That really surprised me too. <laughs> Just All for right. the record, the ages: um, James Com was born in 1940, Mary Steenburgen in 1953, and uh, Will Ferrell in 1967. So the ages do match up. Mm-hmm. Him being about 27 when his first kid was born. And then oh, you know, her being just maybe a decade younger, just because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just- you liked money. Right. Kyle your thoughts on the cast and this is one of those times where you just they they nail the cast and even when there is a last minute cast change it works out better Um, Faze on Love famously coming in at the last minute for Wanda Sykes and he's still using the Wanda um, name tag for his character is is great Um, (laughs) but it's it's everybody in the supporting role that really makes it special I mean obviously Farrell's great in it but you know, whether it's um, Zoe just channel as uh, Jovi and Asner as a great Santa. Um, Peter Dinklage as Miles Finch just steals it when he's <laughs> in that scene. It, it's it, it's great. But again, it's, there's not anybody in this film 
it's a lot of known people, but I don't think anybody really steps on each other's toes and nobody really steals scenes from each other. And that's, I think that's one of the things, if you go back and watch a lot of Favreau movies, you see that he's really good at getting a good cast that has good chemistry working together. And I think this is one of those movies that really, it shows that. Now, now I need to see the version with Wanda Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear her voice, like saying those lines and just acting that way. That would be great. Anyway. <laughs> Well, this this is an enduring film, guys, and uh, I always look forward to uh, watching this. And it's it's become, you know, it's funny is I will sit on a film, a Christmas film uh, and not watch it the next year. Maybe I'll come back around the year after that. But there are certain movies that I will watch every year. And this movie is creeping up there. And I'll get into more of that a little bit later. But guys, I want to get into some movie trivia here. All right. So according to Will Ferrell at the movie's premiere, co-star James Kahn approached him and said he felt Ferrell's performance in the film was too over the top while they were shooting the movie. However, when Kahn saw the finished film, he later said he understood the energy Farrell needed to put into his performance and later praised Farrell saying he gave a good performance. You know, um, uh, Amy, I was just thinking about what you said about James Conn. You know, yeah. in a way I felt like he was playing himself because hmm. he, if you watch all of his films and stuff like that, he, he always plays this kind of gruff guy. And, you know, from what I've learned about Conn's history, he, he was a badass. You know, he, he, he was a hard drinker too and, and stuff like that, you know, but it was nice to finally see him make the turn and, you know, you know, become the father that he needed to be. But I, I just kind of wondering like who else could have played him? Uh, but that, that what your comment kind of sit with me and it's, I think it's kind of funny that, that he came to, he said that to Will and I'm not surprised by that because he's one of those guys, you know? Yeah. You know, and I was thinking as I was watching the movie, I'm like, he was just the one that just didn't hit for me. And I was like, who else could have played it? And I didn't come up with something good. So I'm, he'll be okay. It's just, he was my least favorite. Yeah. So guys, um, as we mentioned earlier here, we did have a appearance here by Peter Billingsley, of course, more famous from a Christmas story. Uh, I want my, uh, my BB gun. And uh, he's the elf Ming Ming who uh, appears briefly in the beginning of the film. Uh, he starred as Ralphie Parker in the classic holiday film, A Christmas Story. I didn't know this for years, guys. I had no idea who that was because he doesn't really look like Ralphie here. So it's kind of yeah, like, he does. <laughs> I didn't catch it. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if you compare it to, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the new Christmas story, right? That HBO Max came out with last year. Um, but I mean, you could definitely tell, I mean, yeah, the glasses and the, and the facial hair, it makes it a little bit hard, but that's Stephanie Ralphie. So, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I was going to say though, real quick, um, from, from your question of who else could have played James Conn's character, it would be <laughs> ironic if it was today because we've seen it so many times, but if they actually got Burt Reynolds to play, it would have been hilarious. That, oh that I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been a version. I would love to see. That just just because you had so much with, you know, that, and, and then the celebrity jeopardy skits, right. That would have been hilarious. Right. So <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, several minor, minor traffic accidents occurred when Will Ferrell walked through the Lincoln tunnel in his, 
in his costume because people were so surprised and distracted from the driving to see him wearing an elf outfit. Wow. I don't even know if you can can walk through that tunnel. I don't think you're allowed to. Uh, yeah, but he did. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I like the fact that it's it's in the movie. It's it's uh, it's part of his journey, you know. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so due to his policy of appearing in family friendly films, Chevy Chase was briefly considered for the role of Papa Elf by director John Favreau. However, Will Ferrell vetoed this idea because he disliked working with Chase when he returned to guest host Saturday Night Live in the uh-huh. mid '90s. Farrell said Chase was the worst host he worked with during his tenure on that show. Wow. Chevy does not have the best of reputations. Yes. Yes. Now, um, there was a planned sequel to this guys and, uh, I'll, we'll touch on this a little bit more, but apparently Will Farrell turned down 29 million to be in a sequel in 2014, 29 million. Wow. Uh, cotton balls, but he ate while he was in the doctor's office were actually cotton candy that had not been dyed. I was wondering about that. <laughs> and after yeah. reading, after reading the script, Bob Newhart took such a liking to it that he told his wife how wonderful it was with both the story and the role. He saw it as being a perennial movie like Miracle on 34th Street, a movie he would play every Christmas season. This is interesting, guys, because he felt that this was going to be a film that was going to endure as well and be part of that pantheon. And on the final day of shooting in New York City, it was just director John Favreau, Will Ferrell, and a cameraman driving around the city looking for locations to shoot. They would jump out and ask pedestrians if they'd be willing to be extras for some quick cash while Ferrell paraded around acting like Buddy. Or they would let Farrell surprise people and ask their permission afterwards, like with the man Buddy mistakes for Santa. Much of the montage when Buddy first arrives in New York was filmed then, such as in he was getting his shoes shined and jumping between traffic. Guys, this is what we call guerrilla filmmaking or, you know, trying to get past permits and stuff like that. And writer David Brennenbaum was a cameo as one of the office workers. And uh, the scene where the fake Santa is chasing Buddy had to be done in one take because it was too hard to rebuild everything. And of course, we had a director cameo, John Favreau, played Dr. Ben Leonardo and the voice of the narwhal who says goodbye to Buddy. So there you go. Uh, Any of this trivia here surprise anyone? No. Nope, nope. <laughs> Guys, I want to talk about the music just real quick. This had a really nice soundtrack. A lot of classic songs, Pennies from Heaven, Sleigh Ride, Let It Snow. Uh, of course, Baby, It's Cold Outside, Jingle Bells. But I think the Santa Claus Coming to Town song that's starting to be sung by everyone that, uh, of course, Zoe's character starts singing was one of the really endearing scenes with this. And, uh, you know, I don't think we really touched on some of our favorite moments in this in this film. So I wanted to kind of go there. Uh, Derek, I want to start with you. What were some of your favorite moments and scenes in Elf? Um, yeah, well, you, you, you mentioned it uh, just a little bit ago, right, when he's walking through New York City the first time, right? And obviously, um, it, uh, it is kind of partly when... <laughs> Bob Newhart has to tell Buddy, right, that he's not 
you know, he's human, right? Because he hears it from work and he like phases out and passes out. And then he has to like go cry in the little bathroom and he has to like sit him on his lap and, you know, they're doing that. And he's like, you can see he's in pain, you know, when he's telling him, trying to rock him forth. And then he tells him, don't, don't eat the gum that you find on the subway. You might think it's free, but don't eat it. Right. And then he still eats it. Right. Yeah. Um, that one, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, when I, we were talking about the quotes, right. Um, you know, you sit on your throne of lies, that whole interaction, um, there at the department store is just great. Um, and then I, I also think part of why there's a good chemistry between Zoe and Will and their characters um, in the movie is because like when they kind of go on their first date, right? Like it's that in innocence of a child that he's taking her like, you know, through the, you know, the, the carousel door and everything and all the things that she's doing. And she's just sitting back and, you know, those wild like wonders as a child, you know, that he's experiencing for the, you know, kind of the first time still um, and just that innocence. And like I said, there's just that, that thing that you kind of think of like, Oh, that is sweet. Right. Like someone that's, you know, in their forties now you're like, yeah, I could, you know, as a first date. Yeah. I could see why she likes him. Right. Because she thought he was silly and cute. Right. So, but uh, yeah, those are some of my favorite, obviously, you know, Peter Dinklage when, you know, <laughs> his character first walks in and you just see the elevator door open <laughs> and then close. Right. And then the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that, that's funny too. Uh, Amy, what about you? What are some of your favorite moments and scenes? Um, all of those, <laughs> but one that just really surprised me were the, uh, horses and yeah. how they were portrayed. And <laughs> it was like the headless horsemen, yes. you know, like going through, like, like, like they were the most evil things on the planet. Like they were the Nazgul. I know. I thought that was so funny how they spun that. It just, (laughs) and then I like the snowball fight as well. And the, um, you know, and then them singing in the belief meter and, um, and, and also the, uh, news people, you know, reporting on the event and stuff that I, I really like that. And I think that lends to more people believing. Um, so I, I like that whole park scene. What about you, Lacey? Um, a lot of the stuff that I liked was the misunderstandings. Um, I love the fact that, you know, he picks up the negligee and it says for someone special in your life. And so that ends up being, uh, you know, and then um, when he's in the, in the bathroom and he's like, have you seen the size of these toilets? They're huge. Because, <laughs> you know, he's just been sitting on a teeny tiny elf toilet for the past 30 years. <laughs> like just a little, just a little like things that you would, that they kind of drop in. I mean, there's a lot of really quotable stuff and there's a lot of stuff where, you know, the over the top, funny, crazy stuff. Um, and, you know, running through and are, you know, wrestling with Artie Lang and all the phase on love stuff is great. But just those little tiny kind of nuggets that you see, those are those are part of mostly like my favorite things. What about you, Haley? Well, I think the only thing that hasn't been mentioned or hasn't been talked about is when uh, he drinks the uh, coffee with the syrup <laughs> in it in the mailroom anyway and you know he's laying there and he's talking with this guy who's you know working in the mailroom for you know his probation officer and trying to you know and they're both drunk and they're just talking about it and like you know the guy's like no I just said get off it man <laughs> I love that like it's it's not syrup buddy it's not syrup <laughs> Kyle what about what about you what are your favorite well as I said earlier the snowball fight is Phenomenal. I, 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 
Love that scene. Um, I'm a big fan of the scene in the mail room too, when they're both drunk and just laying there and you're, you, nobody listened to me before you came here. And <laughs> you're my friend. Um, also, I'm a big fan of that scene where he decorates the department store because what he accomplishes in one night, I'm like, wow, because just to build that Lego alone is impressive. <laughs> yes. that, that, that's like a 10 week ex- excursion there. <laughs> but no, I mean, they're, they're, that's the thing about this movie. This movie has so many great scenes and there's something for everybody in it. And that, that's what makes it a wonderful Christmas film. We also uh, can't forget the world's best cup of coffee as was just commented on her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I want to give a shout out to Jen. She's been giving out some great suggestions. And the one scene that I really like, she mentioned here was uh, on the Bluff Creek Sasquatch pose while walking through Central Park. <laughs> How many of us have seen that famous old picture of Sasquatch walking in the back? And I love the fact that the news camera <laughs> caught that. And uh, I forget who it was that mentioned the news stuff. Was that you, uh, Haley? The no, Amy crew? mentioned the Amy, news. Amy, Amy, yeah. I love, especially when, uh, uh, was it Michael, the brother, opens up the uh, the book Yep. of uh, what people wanted and that he's, he's talking about how he how the newscaster wants her boyfriend to get off and like you know and hurry up and like you know you know propose to her which i thought was really funny that that was a great scene uh i'm gonna go back to this one this is my favorite i love the burping scene makes me laugh every single time the and i gotta tell you every time i let a big one out I don't care who's around me. I will say, did you hear that? <laughs> but you, uh, I think you forgot who mentioned it earlier, but I love the scene, the date scene. I love the date scene. I think it's great. Uh, I love that, um, you know, Zoe's character, uh, Jovi is just, you know, digging every silly thing that he's doing. And this is kind of stuff that uh, maybe some of us done on a first date and maybe on a second date, who knows, but, very cute scene. I thought that was very, very, very enduring. I love that scene. So, uh, anyone else have anything on their favorite scenes? They want to talk? Yes, Lacey. When they're when he's talking on the phone, when Michael's on the phone and they've been uh, doing the tree, and he's like, "We got to do the star on top." And Buddy's like, "I'll get it." <laughs> you see him in the background jumping, the tree collapsing. Might be like way up there for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't tell if that's Will Fer- I, I can't tell if that was Will Ferrell or a stuntman, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Will Ferrell. That's what's funny. Uh, or guys- when uh, he makes the uh, rocking horse, where'd you get the wood? <laughs> <laughs> the TV's on the floor, entertainment stands all like broken. I have not seen this. It might be available somewhere on a deleted uh, on a special feature, but there's a deleted scene where apparently. Uh, while he was up in the North Pole, there was a hockey scene that I can only imagine got pretty physical with Buddy. Have has anyone seen this deleted scene? Anyone heard about it? I yeah. don't. I mean, I have the DVD and the Blu-ray that you'd think that it'd be on there if it was. I mean, if it is, but can you imagine the insanity on how to film just <laughs> a moving scene with the forced perspective? Like how? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, yeah. that's a situation. Oh, they're all little kids. You know, they're all little yeah. kids. Yeah, but <laughs> he's <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I wonder. Um, Jennifer's been commenting, and she mentioned about the uh, movies that made us yes. on Netflix. They had an elf, and I wonder. I know I watched it, but I wonder if maybe they talked about it on there. Mm. 
it's a good point. I I, I got to look that up because that, that. And he also did a um he did a, a Peter Billingsley and John Favreau together did a show called uh, Table for Five. Yeah, uh, and it lasted two or three seasons. And I know they talked about you know Elf on several occasions. So maybe it came up in one of those conversations. So guys, as we start to kind of wrap it up here, I did want to mention a couple things. First of all, did you know there was a stage play? Uh, Elf the Musical, a Broadway musical based on the film, ran on Broadway during the 2010 Christmas season. It was directed by Casey uh, Nicola. And um, it officially opened at Al Hirschfeld Theater in New York. And uh, uh, apparently done very well. They've uh, done different versions of this. And uh, George Went played Santa. And it ran through January 2nd, 2011. Anyone heard of this or knew anyone that's seen this? Well, I mean, they've I taken it on tour. What's that? They've, take, they've taken it on tour. I've, I've oh, seen wow, okay. it at some point here in Lexington. I didn't, I didn't get to go see it, but I know that it ran through. It was either here or um, Eastern Kentucky University or something like that, or at the Lexington Opera House. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I know that they're, you know, occasionally somebody's playing it every few years for Christmas stuff. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, there's also a video game, guys, based on the film released in November 4th, 2004. Uh, Kyle, you're a video game guy. Did you get this? <laughs> no, because this was for a system I definitely did not own. This was for one of the oddball Game Boy systems that were that was out there at the time. Um, and this is when they were just basically saying, okay, it's on a Nintendo Game Boy. We're going to throw whatever licensing we can on it. It'll sell. <laughs> there is also an animated special, Elf's Buddy Christmas, Musical Christmas. Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas was an hour-long stop-motion animated musical television special based on the film and the musical of the same name. While Ed, Edward Ed Asner was the only cast member for the film to reprise his role, the rest of the cast included Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory as Buddy, Mark Hamill as Walter Hobbs, Kate uh, Micucci as Jovi, uh, Rachel McFarlane as Emily Hobbs, Max Charles as Michael Hobbs, Gilbert Gottfried as Mr. Greenway. It was produced by Warner Brothers Animation and first aired on NBC in December 16, 2014. It features songs from the musical. I did not see this. Has any of you guys seen this? I'd heard of it, yeah. but I don't think I saw it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And as I mentioned, guys, there was a canceled sequel on September 18th, 2013. Um, it was reported that Favreau was interested in making a sequel to the film titled Elf 2, Buddy Saves Christmas. Later in December, Farrell stated that he did not want to make a sequel. In January 2016, Favreau stated the sequel could still happen. The next month, Farrell reiterated that a sequel was unlikely and stated that he was generally reluctant to do sequels unless there was a story that justifies it. On September 18th, 2020, Khan reaffirmed that possibility of a sequel was unlikely, stated that Farrell and Favreau did not get along. And didn't Khan pass away recently after that? I remember. Yeah, it was shortly after that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, I just want to talk on that really quick, guys. Would you have liked to have seen a sequel? Uh, would it call Buddy Saves Christmas? Would we have learned something about his mom a little bit more? Uh, uh, Haley, you're shaking your head there. Uh, please give me your thoughts on why you would not want to see a sequel. I think this is one of those films where the first, the original is so good that anything else is going to kind of contract and take away from the magic of the first one. Um, and so I, I say no, just 
because of that. Like you can't make a princess bride too. Like it's just like the first one is too good and you don't touch certain things. And there's too many movies from our childhood in the eighties where they made a second one and the second one just didn't have the same thing. And so you, you just leave certain things alone. Good point. What about you, Lacey? Sequel or no? You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm of two minds about it because I know it would be fun. And I know that if you have Favreau at the head, it's going to be, I mean, everything he touches is gold. You know, they're like, Hey, let's see if Fav can do a star Wars. Oh, that's awesome. It's perfect. Let's see if he can do some Marvel. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Let's do some Disney. Like he can do no wrong at this point. I mean, it's okay. I'm sure he can, but let's not test this. Let's not test the the waters. Um, He's, he's so good at what he does. And I don't think that he would put together something that wasn't, quality so i think that i think the idea that that it wouldn't be up to snuff is um not as much of a danger but the thing is if you don't have the cast interested then it's just not gonna happen so i mean you i wouldn't want them to recast because they couldn't get will ferrell then it's not Mm. you know i mean it's it's you know you don't want to recast any of the the, the pieces so i think that if if they don't want to do it great it was a fantastic show it's a good one shot awesome if they did want to do it and everyone was on board i think it would be done well but it's just a matter of finding the right script and the right time and everything and the thing is that when you make a movie everything has to come together so like it really is a, a deck of it's a house of cards like any time every movie that is made is a is a house of cards like the one small piece falls through and everything is and it's it's just the movies that we get made that get made the number yeah. of movies that didn't get made because this one movie got made is exponential you yeah. know so. what about you Derek what do you think sequel um typically for christmas movies i don't think sequels make a good thing um i'm okay when they do those yeah 30 minute specials or whatever right if they would have done the stop motion um, animation there that probably was clever, right? But again, you didn't have the original voice cast, so it might have fallen a little out of place. Um, but again, if it's you know made for that where they can kind of just go silly with it, that's fine, right? Whatever. But if you're gonna really put the movie, there's a time and the place. I'm not saying that they couldn't do something with this movie, but really, what made this movie enjoyable was the innocence of Buddy the Elf, right? not being with the humans and you know all this time and to be able to rebring that magic back it, it almost feels like it would have to be something to do with the south pole elves at this point because that's the only thing i could think of that they could do something <laughs> with right where you know you bring in like a whole revenge other, of the south pole elves <laughs> something, right like you peter dinklage bring, is one yeah maybe right <laughs> and, they, and they use horses to pull their carriage right and slay the night the narwhals died it would have to be something that would be so off the wall that i'm not saying that they couldn't do it but then really is it at that point is it is it buddy the elf or is it just something to do with this universe and they could just recast it like because that's you know Lacey's point too, where you you have to bring everyone back. Now again, the parents of parents, so it's James Kane and all that. Ed Asner, obviously, Bob Newhart's still alive, so he can still make a last lasting thing. So they better make it quickly if they want you know him to return. But other than that, um, you know, again, what that magic that's made this movie quote unquote 
a classic in the Christmas world that we're enjoying today, it just doesn't sold the same thing. Like you can think about like Santa Claus, like with Tim Allen, like that's a good movie. Two and three are not right. They were made direct for sequel type deal styles, even though they did get released to the theater. They brought back now, you know, 20 some years later, they brought back the Disney plus series. So I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's cute. It's got some potential to it. So like, okay, maybe, maybe, but maybe that's where then, you know, HBO max brings a series out of it where it's something where we get like a six or eight episode series where it's not necessarily a movie where it's more about us actually getting maybe a better, well thought out story. And, you know, it's got just some of the returning characters that way and they can bring in the cameo cast of people. Right. But like I said, to me, no, it's one of those things where it's lightning in a bottle. It works. It does well. Let's leave it. Good point. I like it. Uh, Amy. You know, I've been thinking a lot about it and I don't think I agree with Haley. You've, Got to just let it be. It's a great movie. But if we did something, I think I, because I liked the story so much, um, maybe, get you know, the same director, the same writers, like that cute story, unique, but still Christmas, like Elf. Like, what if they did Snowman, you know, and, and had some twist on Frosty the Snowman, you know, so it's Elf like um that's how i would do it but no i don't want them messing with what they've got going right now because you're right i i don't think the stories number twos are really ever as good as the first one i mean it's very very rare and this story is so tied up in a lovely bow um that what more would you want out of it i i don't i think anything else is gonna be lesser. And I don't want to have anything related with Elf be lesser. That's a good movie. Great point. The only way to get back at it would be to have Santa, something wrong, like Santa's ill or something, but he needs to go back and help take over. Right. Or, you know, and do something like legit. Return to this. His son is doing, and his son needs to, it learns that his dad used to be, you know. Yeah. Or, or they don't make a Christmas movie out of it. They do like they did with Rudolph the Red Nose and the Ronk and Bass movies, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's Buddy's Shiny New Year, right? Where he has to go yeah. to New Year's or something. Like that could be fine, yeah. right? But it, it's some Christmas stuff maybe, but but make it not Christmas. Like he has to go save, you know, whatever, Easter, right? Like that's why I like Rise of the Guardians so much because it's a nice Christmas movie, but it, it has yeah. Jack Frost and it's got all the other characters, right? Where you can watch it more than one time out of, out of different season. Kyle, what about you? Um, no, this, you, you leave this alone. This is a classic. You leave it alone. You don't do what Disney has done with the Santa Claus movie, Tim Allen, where, yeah, um, th- th- this is, this is, you want a Christmas classic, you leave a Christmas classic alone. You don't revisit it. You don't, you enjoy it for what it is, and that's what makes it special every year when it happens and it comes out, and it's that time of year. I don't need a sequel. Will Ferrell has moved on to a lot of other things. John Favreau has moved on to other things. You don't mess with perfection, and that's what you'd be doing if you do a sequel. You mean you don't want to see his uh, his uh, 20 years later as a failed children's writer trying to, to <laughs> figure out what to do with his career? As long as he doesn't have... As long wait, wait. as he doesn't have uh, 
Richter and Kyle Glass still working for it. <laughs> Lacey, when Buddy Drunk Love comes out, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, guys, I I was on the sequel train there for a little bit. You guys made some great cases, and I think that it would have to be you get as much people as you get back, and you know, maybe have a little twist with it. I like the idea of the snowman or doing it at a different time, like maybe make it a Thanksgiving movie, you know, getting ready for Christmas, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but it's, I, I would be fine with him never doing a sequel to this because I think it is it, it, you know, Haley, I think you're right. It is like a princess bride thing. The way that it ends, it's a great ending and, uh, not knowing what happens and thinking of it for yourself of what could have happened is part of the fun with this film. And, uh, the fact that there is only one of these, there isn't a sequel. Um, we don't have to look back going, ugh, that second one was really bad. They did better in the third one, but you know, we don't have to have that discussion. You know, it, it's nice. And by the way, guys, there was another movie that came out in December, but it went straight to television. That was a Christmas sequel. And that was Christmas vacation Two: cousin Eddie's Island adventure. Uh, <laughs> with Randy Quaid, a holiday Ugh. in the South Pacific goes awry when cousin Eddie's family and a tour guide are shipwrecked on an Island. Did anyone see that? <laughs> I, I have to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even really watched no, the first one going on Amazon and finding out. <laughs> I mean, I know it existed. I just never had any inclination to watch it. All right, He's guys. my least favorite character in that show, so I will definitely not be watching that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. This is Couch Potato Theater Elf. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary. I want to get the final question out for you guys. Uh, I want your perspective, the now and then segment here. I want It's just a two-part question. <laughs> Jennifer says that would be a no. <laughs> um, first of all, your perspective now um, compared to when you first saw it, and let me know where this Christmas film Elf ranks in your top Christmas films. Maybe give me your top three. Uh, and does Elf reach top three? Or is it just your top five or top ten? But I would like to hear your other favorite Christmas movies if you'd like to share that. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. All right, Kyle. So as far as in and now with Elf, I think it's a movie that's grown on me over time. I think it has become a, a Christmas classic uh, for a part of a generation. Um, I, I think it's going to continue to grow as the time goes by and become one of those ones like a miracle on 34th street. And some of those that are just, they're a Christmas staple, but for me, as far as, um, Christmas movies, my favorites, um, well, number one for me, I'm a huge Scrooge fan. I, I love, I love that movie. I, I think Bill, it's one of Bill Murray's great best films. He's, it's so much fun and just so out there. Um, big fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, that's just maybe one of my favorite interpretations of Scrooge as well. The Muppets are, are a soft spot in my heart. And so I always enjoy that. And then It's a Wonderful Life. It's It's a Wonderful Life is the ultimate Christmas film. It's the ultimate Christmas classic film. You can't go wrong with Jimmy Stewart and everything there. It, it, it's, it's perfect in every way as far as a Christmas film and it's 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 the one movie I think of all the Christmas movies out there that it is a must watch every year. Lacey, let's go to you here. Uh, 
your thoughts on Elf uh, now and then, and where is it in your top three? Does it make it or not? Christmas film. Yeah, that's the thing. I have like three or four different um, categories of Christmas films. You've got your classics, your, you know, um, American 34th Streets and your It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas, that kind of thing. But my kind of favorites are the less um, traditional. So I like to do the Die Hard, um, Lethal Weapon. Um, the Ram- Invasion USA. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. Uh, but no, like The Wrath and uh, Trapped in Paradise, things like that. Um, but when it comes to the comedy section, Elf is in my top five for co- Christmas comedies, um, you know, with things like Scrooged and, um, you know, just things like that. Um, but I'd say it was definitely my top 20. Gotcha. Overall. Okay. All right. Uh, Haley, what about you? Where does uh, Elf uh, stand for you now? And uh, does it make it into your uh, top three? (laughs) So it's definitely not in my top three. Um, It might be in my top 10. I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I think my opinion of it is the same. Like it is just like if you want a funny Christmas movie to sit down and watch, um, this is definitely a fun one to bring out. Um, and, and enjoy with, you know, family and, you know, you can just kind of sit and watch it and have some laughs when you're wanting it. Um, my, my top ones, um, I, I go for white Christmas that is traditional for me. Um, so that one is just definitely my favorite. And then, uh, I really love the original stop motion films. Um, my favorite is, uh, the year without a Santa Claus, um, because you can't pass up the heat miser and the snow miser. So mm-hmm. I love those. Um, and, uh, and then to go along with that, I love the Jack Frost one. Um, I'm not a big fan of like the Rudolph and the frosty, the snowman, but I do love the Jack Frost frost one um and then i go to um love actually and then um i'm gonna throw one out because we haven't discussed it um the holiday and then i yes the holiday is a good one i i do love that one and then um I won't go to all the 10, but um, my next one down would probably be the family stone if you guys haven't watched that i highly recommend it um that one's that one's a really good touchy feely, really really lovely story. Gotcha, good choices there, Amy. What about you? Uh, where are you feeling on Elf right now? And uh, does it uh, reach your top three or top five, top ten? Yeah, I am now going to put this into my rotation. I'm just, I really am so glad that we're discussing this because I really have forgotten just what. A wonderful story it is just endearing I mean it's a Christmas story um so my go-to's uh the Christmas story that's just like my number one that is my go-to I watch it all the time I think about it all the time um and begrudgingly a tradition uh I've now come to learn to like Christmas vacation as I said that <laughs> That's the kind of humor that normally I don't, but my sisters and we would watch it every year. So it reminds me of family. Uh, One that is just lovely and it's new, Spirited with Will Ferrell uh, and who's the other guy? Ryan Reynolds. Yes, Ryan Ryan Reynolds. I really enjoy that. And I, but I always love a good Christmas Carol 
uh, story or the, yeah. So, um, and then one that's not, I, I like Jen, like I consider it a Christmas movie in my house and that is Edward Scissorhands. Um, <gasps> I just, yes. <laughs> nice. That's just to me a Christmas movie and people look at me like you're crazy. I said, well, that's okay. Cause Die Hard is not a Christmas movie and I will die on that hill. Um, but I was, I'm there with you, Amy. <laughs> I was writing down all of yours, and now I've got some fun movies to watch. I've totally forgot about Muppets Christmas, so that's uh, I'm going to uh, watch yeah, next. Yeah. Add Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to your list. Okay, Robert that's w. Christmas adjacent. Yes, <laughs> uh, Derek. Did I ask you this? I can't remember. No. So okay. um, there's there's the few classics. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with Haley on white Christmas for sure. Um, obviously the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but there's another one that I watched that I love because it's one that I grew up with my dad. It's Scrooge with Albert Finney. Yes. Um, I love that one. Um, that is my favorite, favorite version. Um, but I, I it's the, kind of the same thing that like Lacey mentioned, like I have categories for everything, right? Like I could put in my top 20 alone with every, you know, Muppets, Christmas Carol, Muppets, Family Christmas, Sesame Street Christmas. Emmett um, Otter. You know, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Emmett Otter's Jug Band. Um, <laughs> there's just like, there's like all the bunch of them, right, that they made. Um, and then I, I enjoy like the classic cartoon ones. Like there's like several Flintstones Christmas ones, right? And and, and Scooby Doo, and mm-hmm. one that was going to be my my probably my most iconic favorite is Charlie Brown's mm-hmm. Christmas, right? But they've even created some newer ones, right? They came out in the '90s and 2000s of Charlie um, Charlie Brown stuff with additional Christmas stuff, but definitely um, that one. Um, and then. Um, Christmas Vacation, I have to watch it every year. And then most recently, we've really, I mentioned earlier too, Rise of the Guardians. But the one that I'm really enjoying is the CGI animation, The Grinch. The one with Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. as the voice. Yeah. Um, and, and Kenan Thompson as one of the, the who's is hilarious with all of his stuff. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, so I recommend that for anyone who enjoys um, the CGI stuff. Um, and then last but not least, obviously, you know, the home alone movies are great to watch. Yeah. Such great choices. Uh, you know, when it comes for me, um, as you guys may, may know, tell a little secret here. I like Hallmark movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it started with Christmas Hallmark movies and I've, uh, I've not apologized for that. I've always been a fan of that. And so when I, when I get closer to Christmas, specifically in December, for me, it's more traditional Christmas movies. Yes, we have the Christmas adjacent films that have, that take time during Christmas, but it's not the biggest <laughs> theme, like the action films like Die Hard and, you know, Invasion USA, Lethal Weapon, a lot of those films. I'll watch them a little bit earlier, uh, like maybe in November or something like that, if I if I if I want to go down there, or I'll just watch them, you know, earlier in the year. But I really like to dive into the the hardcore Christmas themes, whether they're very predictable stuff that we'll see, of course, on the Hallmark Channel movies or the classics. And for me, my two favorite ones, my number one favorite of all time is Scrooged. Uh, with Bill Murray. I have a very special memory of seeing that with my mom in the theater, especially during that end uh, scene where uh, Bill Murray is talking to the audience. I was there. We were yelling along with Bill Murray. Uh, Number two for me, and I always watch this on Christmas Eve, is um, 
uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, the original black and white, white version. Uh, and number three, it's funny because it's it's kind of it's either Elf or it's Muppet Christmas Carol. But these are the ones I always watch every Christmas. The other ones will kind of be on a rotation. I'll watch them every other Christmas or I'll wait a couple of years. But one of the one that's rising a lot, we mentioned it earlier, is uh, The Family Man with Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone. Uh, a, a co-worker of mine turned me on to that one. I find that one really sweet, very endearing. I like that one. But I'll go back and you know watch some old stuff I haven't seen. Uh, the original uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, and I'll just kind of mix in a bunch of others from, you know, whether it's the, the, uh, the Netflix films, you know, uh, they have their holiday stuff and, you know, you, give me any Christmas movie that has a, a prince or a princess in it and I'll watch it. You know, I, I just, I just love those. I, I'm a glutton for, glutton for punishment. I guess you could say that, but with elf, it is definitely in the rotation. I watch it every year and it's right there. Number three, number four with, uh, um, the Muppet Christmas Carol as I never get tired of watching that. So, uh, guys, this is, uh, Oh, uh, Haley. Yes. Sorry. I was going to say, if you get a chance, um, if you're a fan of white Christmas and you get a chance, um, see a live version of that. Um, we got to see it. Um, there's a theater in West Yellowstone, the Playmill theater, and they came down, spent a few years, but we went on my birthday. Um, and, uh, currently my mom asked if we wanted to go to Arizona <laughs> this month because they are <laughs> doing, um, they have a live version of it. So if you ever do get a chance, and you're a fan of White Christmas, do check out a live the live musical um, if you get a chance because it's really good. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love live stuff like that, especially I, that's why I would have loved to have seen the live elf. That would have been a lot of fun to see that. So, uh, and by the way, if you get a chance, make sure you check out uh, Back to the Future on uh, Broadway because I saw the London production. It was fantastic. So Beetlejuice uh, is touring. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap things up. This is the Fandom Podcast Network here. Uh, we are discussing the 20th anniversary Couch Potato Theater Live Elf. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for joining me us here. Please, of course, if you are listening to this, make sure you check out the video version here on YouTube because we're showing a bunch of we've been showing a bunch of fun slides. Uh, and please subscribe to the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel. Appreciate that. Please share. Uh, comment as well. And our master feed for all of our audio podcasts is at fpnet.podbean.com. And uh, also you can find us on all your major podcast platforms. Uh, we're on Facebook, Fandom Podcast Network. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and X. And uh, my name is Kevin. I am on uh, X, Instagram and threads at Spartan underscore Phoenix. Derek, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me, Derek Marsh, on Facebook. Um, as you mentioned earlier in the intro, um, I support the What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast on the Fandom Podcast Network team. Uh, so you can find us on a Facebook group, and you can find me there. Lacey, what about you? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook. I don't do a lot. I'm not a very good social media person. But um, we can find you on Time Warp here on the Fandom I, Podcast yeah. Network. That's the thing. Uh, I do some time warp. I do some couch potatoes. I do some other podcasts with these guys. And, um, you know, that's about it. All right. Amy, I know where I can find you, but where can <laughs> we find you uh, outside, of course, the Fandom Podcast Network? Yeah. So uh, you can find me here, the Fandom, uh, the Union 
Federation. 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 Yep. And uh, you can hear me on BQN podcasts. Um, All good things. Starting a new YouTube because you guys are very inspirational. Um, We're going to do a Trek inspired uh, talk show starting January 7th. We're going to run one season for 10 weeks um, and that will be Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific. So that's where I'm going to be for the next 10 weeks here on YouTube. Yay. Yay. Ailey, where can we (laughs) find you? You can find me um, in our Facebook group on the Phantom Podcast Network. You can find me on Instagram and Blue Sky uh, at Trekkie01D. And I would just love to tell everybody uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Freilich Weihnachten, Buon Natale, and Slanchiva. Nice. <laughs> Kyle, my buddy, where can we find you, sir? Hey, you can find me on Twitter, X, at AKyleW. You can find me, of course, all over the place on the Fandom Podcast Network. You can find me on Instagram and threads at AKyleFandom. Um, I just want to take a moment, too, while I have everybody here to wish everybody in the Fandom Podcast Network family a very Merry Christmas. Um, Kevin and I are so happy to have you as part of the family and love all Amen. of you guys. To all of our listeners out there, Merry Christmas. Be safe. We, we value you guys. We do this for you guys. Um, we love you. We hope you, those of you who have joined us, Jen, you're just as much a part of the family as anybody. So yes. Merry Christmas to you um, and all the you listeners and viewers out there. You are part of the Phantom Podcast Network family. So Merry Christmas and Feliz Navidad. There you go. <laughs> uh, again, thank you all for joining us here on the Fandom Podcast Network for Couch Potato Theater live special presentation of Elf. 20 years. Again, I'd like to thank my uh, my fellow co-host here, uh, Kyle, Amy, Haley, Derek, Lacey. Thank you guys so much. And also, Jen, thank you for uh, shouting out stuff there in the chat. Very much appreciate it. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys enjoyed Elf here. And uh, please hit us up on uh, Facebook. Any other way, let us know what your favorite Christmas movies are. Uh, we got a fun season in 2024 coming up with a lot of fun stuff. So I'm very excited to share that with you guys. Until next time, we will see you on the couch. Thank you and goodbye, everyone.